This week on Foamcast Radio, still no Stratcom, but I'll give you my tactical analysis of an upgrade kit for your knockout without any brass. I've got your requisition recon and finally some online battle space intel to keep us occupied. And Louis Mineo is in the war room to tell us all about how and why he created the sport of quick flag. Listen up and load up. It's time for the biggest podcast in the world dedicated to foam blaster toys. News, reviews, events, and more. And now, recording from the broadcast bunker, it's Ben Anderson, the host of Foamcast Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. No sit rep and no new phone patrol officers this week, but you can join the phone patrol and get your own shout out in the episode by going to patreon.com slash foamcastradio. This week, I'm really excited to share with you my tactical analysis of the France Foamworks Little Boomer Kit designed by Boomstick Mods. This is a short dart conversion kit for the Nerf Rival Knockout, and it is entirely 3D printed and uses no brass. If you want just the barrel insert, it's 10 US dollars, or you can pay 25 US dollars to include some additional cosmetic parts. And the kit is available now at francefoamworks.com. First, let's talk about the installation. Boomstick Mods has an installation guide video available on his YouTube channel that was really helpful, but the installation was super easy and only took me about 10 minutes. I needed a screwdriver, some flush cutters, and glue. I used hot glue. But if you're going to do this yourself, I'd also recommend having a clamp and a pair of needle nose pliers. During the installation process, removing the air restrictor is optional. And other than that, all the other modifications are non-destructive. Aesthetically, this kit makes the knockout look like a heavily modified pistol straight out of a video game. Imagine going into your loadout on your favorite FPS and adding an extended magazine, a red dot sight, and a match grade barrel. That's what it ends up looking like if you install all the cosmetic parts. Function-wise, it has the same steps to load, prime, and fire as the stock knockout, and it functions very well. One of the things that I noticed was that ammo is centered automatically by the internals when you load it. A couple of the parts included in the full kit are ammo holders that replace the stock rival ammo holders, and those are a big plus. They enable you to hold 8 darts on the blaster itself, which is super useful. Performance-wise, I found that it performed at about 130 FPS as advertised, which is perfect for playing in HVZ games, but I did find out that wide-tip ammo performed poorly or didn't fire at all. I'm talking about things like cut-down dart zone sure-shot darts, also known as Adventure Force waffle darts. However, when you use it with worker short darts, they perform the best and the most consistently, and that's what's recommended. As far as further modifications go, you can still do a spring upgrade even after installing this kit, but adding a brass barrel isn't really an option. If you want a brass barrel, you should go for the brass barrel kit that's also sold by Franz Foamworks. One really cool feature about this kit is that the mods can be removed. The entire installation process is reversible, so you can make it shoot rival profile ammo again if you want to. In conclusion, it's a very nice and inexpensive kit, and it makes the knockout an impressive single-shot sniper blaster. It was super easy to install in minutes with minimal tools, and it's easy to remove if you change your mind. Once again, it's available at francefoamworks.com. Alright, let's get into your requisition recon. Over at Target, the Nerf and Strike Sharpfire is on sale. Originally $15 US dollars, it's marked down to 10 
and they have the Nerf N-Strike Elite Triad, originally $7, marked down to $5. You can pick up the Nerf N-Strike Elite Disruptor, originally $15, for just $10 a target, and they have the Nerf N-Strike Elite Ruckus, originally $20, marked down to $11. Target also has a bunch of Nerf Doomlands blasters on sale. The Long Arm, originally $20, is on sale for $15. The Negotiator, originally $20, is marked down to $15. The Vagabond, originally $25, is marked down to $20. And the Lawbringer, originally 33 US dollars is on sale for 25. You can get the Nerf Zombie Strike Revoltinator, originally 50 US dollars, on sale for just 28 over at Target. They also have the Nerf AccuStrike Quadrant, originally 10 US dollars, on sale for 7, and the Nerf Zombie Strike Quadrot, originally 10 US dollars, marked down to 7. Amazon has the Nerf Rebel Mission Central Op Rail Mount, originally 15 US dollars, marked down to 5, and they have the Nerf Fortnite SPL, originally 20 US dollars, on sale for 13. Back at Target, the Nerf Fortnite TS, originally 40 US dollars, is on sale for 30. And they have the Nerf Mega Bulldog, originally 20 US dollars, on sale for 12. And Amazon has the Nerf Mega Megalodon, originally 40 US dollars, marked down to 24. Amazon also has the Nerf Rival Rechargeable Battery Pack, originally 30 US dollars, marked down to 17. And back over at Target, the X-Shot XS, originally 13 US dollars, is on sale for 7. Both Amazon and Target have the Dart Zone 100 Round Refill Pack, originally 20 US dollars, marked down to 15, and Amazon has the Boomco Dart Holder Accessory, available for just 5 US dollars. If you make a purchase from Blaster Wraps, use the coupon code FOAMCAST for 20% off. If you make a purchase from Flux Sunglasses, use coupon code FLUXCAST10 for 10% off. If you make a purchase from SM Enterprises, use the coupon code FOAMCAST for 10% off. And if you make a purchase from Jackrabbit Nerfer, use the coupon code FOAMCAST for 10% off. That code's only good until May 31st. And don't forget to join my Facebook fan group, FoamCast Radio Fans, where I share giveaways posted by all the major blaster manufacturers and mod companies. This week, I've got one Battlespace Intel item for you. On Saturday, May 23rd, Games of Foam is hosting a Nerf pub quiz. This is an online event, and you can find the link to it on the Games of Foam Facebook page. There are more events, including actual battles, coming up next week. So make sure you follow at Foamcast Radio on Twitter for critical mission updates. And to make sure your event gets mentioned on the podcast, visit foamcastradio.com intel. Foamcast Radio is supported by SM Enterprises. If you're like me, the first thing you do when you get a new blaster is open it up and start modding it. But what if you didn't have to? My friends at SM Enterprises are professional blaster modders with the equipment and experience necessary to provide premium quality, high performance modded blasters at reasonable prices. Their highly rated online store offers many of the most popular blasters in a variety of configurations. Or, if you prefer doing the upgrades yourself, they also offer great modding components, like pre-cut K26 springs, spring spacers, tools, and more. They even have a variety of ammo types to choose from. And for a limited time, SM Enterprises is offering my listeners an exclusive discount. Order now and use coupon code FOAMCAST to get 10% off your entire order. Take advantage of this offer exclusively available to FOAMCAST Radio listeners by going to foamcastradio.com slash smenterprises. That's foamcastradio.com slash smenterprises. Thanks to SM Enterprises for supporting FOAMCAST Radio. All right, everybody, this week I'm really excited to be talking to Louis Mineo. He is the creator of Quick Flag and a founding member of the team Hack.exe. Louis, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Um, I've been at home for about two weeks, 
and uh, I miss being at home. Yeah, I think a lot of us have been uh, at home, staying indoors a lot more, maybe catching up on some modding projects and stuff, looking forward to some blaster battles in the future. But uh, today I want to talk to you about your game type that you created, Quick Flag. And before we get to that, I want to learn a little bit more about you. So first of all, can you just start out by telling us about how you actually got into the blaster hobby yourself? So um, back in 2013, when I was about 14 years old, there was this um, competition hosted by Hasbro. It was called the Nerf Power Play. It's like a dart tech um, competition where it, it's a team versus team competition where a team of three would try to hit uh, or place their dart tech darts to stick on the opponent's um, shirt. And from there, I started to like have an affinity for Nerf Blasters. So slowly and slowly, I found out about the NIC, started modding a few blasters, and I've been playing Nerf for about since then. Very cool. So a number of years there that you've been in the hobby, which is awesome. And then you are one of the founding members of the team Hack.exe. How was Hack.exe started? So Hack.exe was actually started by, I would say, a group of friends, or rather now we're more like a group of friends. So why and how it was started is because there's one period of time during, I think about 2016, our local NIC scene was a bit, uh, I would say, dormant. Like there wasn't much uh, Stefan games being hosted around. And then, so what me and uh, a few of my uh, friends who are my current team members, we thought like, oh, why not we start a team and have like uh, everyone go against us, the hack members. So that's where we hosted a few games where our last end of the day game specialty was okay everyone versus heck it was like about uh, 20 versus 10 slowly going to 30 versus 10 and even 40 participants against 10 of us and from there we slowly formed uh we call them the hack games so that's where we got our name because we are hack.exe and we just host these games uh, like uh, normal like normal NIC games but hosted at urban abandoned uh, apartment buildings and then uh, that's pretty much how heck was started and how we host the games. Awesome. Well, that sounds like a really awesome way to form a team. And uh, it's awesome that you guys are hosting those different games and stuff like that. For you personally, what is your actual role on the Hack.exe team? I wouldn't say I have a specific role. My rather what I usually do on the Hack.exe team um, playing wise would be I'm usually the guy running around because uh, people in Singapore or rather the local scene in here in Singapore know me that I run pretty fast. So uh, usually I'm the one that distracting the enemy teams while my teammates are uh, picking them up. And as for, let's say, um, hack social media or as a team administrative duties, I'm more of a, uh, I do a bit of everything, I'll say, like um, our Facebook page. And um, sometimes I do edit videos, like little uh, montages. So still to like, you know, to boost the um, engagement, social engagement of the team. Uh, I would say that is my, I won't say responsibility, but it's that's more of like um, what I do. Very cool. Well, it sounds like you wear a few different hats there. Uh, and then, of course, the main topic today is going to be Quick Flag, which you actually created. So what actually inspired you to create a brand new competitive blaster game? Back in about 2016, where after Hack was formed, we did see a few um, teams starting to form up. 
like uh, some teams to mention are like uh, GBI, Ghetto Blaster Inc., Division X, Tactical Nerf Troopers, Warhawks, Platoon. Um, so we started seeing like teams starting to form up within the local scene. So I thought like, oh, why not we have a little um, competitive game mode to have teams go against other teams. Like, uh, I would say like a friendly competition. So during then, it was like, you know, everyone, I'll give an analogy of, let's say, um, uh, basketball. So it's like back then, everyone was just shooting hoops. But right, right now, uh, what I wanted and what was missing back then was that everyone shooting hoops, but no one is like trying to uh, take the ball from each other's team. So that's what I thought that like, that was missing. And I created this competitive game mode, which is called Quick Flag. And so it's to have a little bit of competition between the teams and, uh, have them try to, of course, go against each other in, in, uh, a competitive game format type of way. <laughs> and then, uh, it was just to feel, I see, I would say it's like just to feel a void in local scene where I feel like, uh, everyone could have this little competitive game mode where everyone would come together and know that, okay, let's play quick flag. Everyone knows what the rules are. Like, oh, like everyone, when let's say you say, um, let's go play basketball. Everyone knows what are the rules, uh, no traveling, this kind of thing. So I thought, like, okay, why not make a quick, uh, make a game mode that everyone knows automatically, like, what are we playing just based from its name? Um, cause I did start the hobby of like playing with Nerve Guns through like a combat, little competition organized by Hasbro. I felt that I I was missing that. I felt if there was a void in me saying that, oh, I I do want to play a bit of a little bit of competition style games. So I felt that no one was doing it. So why not? I I'll do it. Then I just uh, create quick flag. Well, I think it definitely is something that was needed in the hobby, and obviously it's taken off all over the place, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Before we get to that, though, um, you know, obviously when people are creating things, it's never perfect the first time around. So can you talk a little bit about what the process was of creating and fine tuning Quick Flag? So, um, firstly, I'll say like, uh, Quick Flag was a bit inspired from, I watched a bit of, uh, this little YouTube channel called SYG Airsoft. There are a bunch of, uh, Airsoft players running around in this this I say SF field, this urban SF field with concrete floors. They were sliding around, uh, running pretty fast, flanking the opponent teams. Then I was like, oh, actually that's how I like to play Nerf. Uh, the same way, just running around, flanking the opponent team, uh, trying to hit them from the from their backs. Then from there, I was like, oh, okay, they have this little uh, competitive game format which is called Speed QB. So Speed QB was like a five on five type of game where it's a, set, a flag in the center as well. So that's where I draw my inspiration for creating Quick Flag where I feel like, okay, Speed QB, there is one exist, there's an existing one for Airsoft. So why not create one for Nerf where we have teams going, five, team of fives going against each other, trying to take the flag and uh, plant it in the opponent's base. And so that was the, my inspiration for Quick Flag, but s- creating Quick Flag or rather the uh, process of slowly fine tuning it was also a bit of a process, I'll say, because like, um, it did take me, uh, I'll say about three tries to slowly, um, fine tune the game meta or, uh, I'll say fine tune the game mechanics of Quick Flag. So if the first Quick Flag session that I had was like, it was on the first floor of a abandoned apartment building where it was quite empty. Then from there, I used a rule set from uh, Speed. I didn't honestly use the rule set. I draw inspiration from SpeedQB and created a rule set similar to that. Then uh, hosted another one, another game where some of the rule set changed. Let's say I'll, I'll put like, oh, um, flywheels are now allowed. 
Tigers are allowed for uh, teams like let's say a cap max of like three now instead of two. So players are starting to bring the nemesis into the games. So I was thinking this is kind of uh, as what gamers would call it. This is kind of OP, overpowered. So from there, I was like, I had to slowly fine tune the rules a bit more. Like, oh, I had to impose a uh, that capacity. Let's say uh, every player has to start with about uh, ammo capacity of sixty, and then slowly over the next few games of quick flag that I held, I had to slowly fine tune the rules a bit. Also, I do have to uh, keep in mind of the players. Like some players did feed. I did enjoy the players' feedback. Like they say, like oh, um, can we have like a uh, five flywheels instead of the imposed limit of two? So it did take me like about two or three games to like oh to consider it, test things out, um, let players like team up a group of five players using flywheel blasters and see how effective it was. So I would say like creating quick flag was uh one great process itself, but slowly fine tuning it is a ongoing and everlasting process. I'll say. Now some of my listeners no doubt have heard of quick flag, but maybe haven't actually played it. So really quickly, can you give us a breakdown of the rules and actually how the game works? All right. So quick flag, it's a uh five on five uh competitive game mode where a team of five is uh, supposed to bring the flag in the center to the opponent's base. And they only have uh, ammo capacity of 60. So if they run out, they are stuck in the game. I would say there are many um, ingenious methods. Like some teams would like, oh, just run for the flag itself. Uh, some would uh, try to eliminate the entire team, then capture the flag. Or maybe some would try to cause a distraction on the left side, then they'll take the flag and then go go in and plant it on the right side. So that's how uh, Quick Flag is played right now and from what I have experienced so far. Very cool. Well, I definitely have more questions for you about Quick Flag. Before we get to those, though, I've got a quick message from one of my hand-selected sponsors, and then we'll be right back. Foamcast Radio is supported by Flux Sunglasses. Whenever you're flinging foam, you need to be wearing eye protection. But shop glasses don't protect you from glare or UV rays, and most sunglasses are either too expensive for the battlefield or too cheap to hold up to punishment. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about Flux Sunglasses. These stylish sunglasses are durable enough to protect you from flying foam, polarized to cut glare, UV protected, and ridiculously affordable. For a limited time, my listeners can visit foamcastradio.com flux and use the coupon code foamcast at checkout to save 15% off their already low prices. Protecting your eyes on the battlefield is important. Don't wait another day to protect yourself with the only brand of eyewear I trust when I'm out on the field. Visit foamcastradio.com slash flux right now and don't forget to use the coupon code FOAMCAST to save 15% off your entire order. Thanks to Flux Sunglasses for being the official eyewear of Foamcast Radio. All right, everybody, we are back with Louis Mineo, the creator of Quick Flag. A minute ago, we were talking about how you came up with the idea for Quick Flag and how you developed it. And obviously, this game type has taken off all over the place. So where all is Quick Flag played now? So uh, Quick Flag, it's played in New Zealand as well. And I do know that some play, uh, some NIC nerfers in the US have started to like uh, send me uh, private messages on Instagram and Facebook asking me, oh, can can they host play quick flag in their own country? So I said, go ahead. So for now, I've known that it's been played in these main three countries: Singapore, where I, where I'm from, New Zealand. Uh, shout out to Sebastian, aka Slater, who's hosting a uh, quick flag in New Zealand, and also um, in the US. 
However, um, I do know that okay because I've been to games in uh, Malaysia where the, the Singapore nerfers we cross the borders uh, to Malaysia and play with um, the Malaysian nerf community over there. They do know of Quick Flag. I'm not too sure on whether they have a league set up over there, but I'm pretty sure that um, people around the world, inclusive of Malaysia and other countries that are not uh, that have not named just now, they probably play Quick Flag like a, a little game mode in between their and their in their. NIC games, maybe not a league per se, but probably like a little fun game mode that they could play within their country. Very cool. Well, it is definitely blowing up and going all over the place. Uh, people are discovering it and having a ton of fun with it. Do you have uh, plans in the future for possibly modifying or expanding Quick Flag? Well, I actually do. So I did plan to expand or bring uh, push Quick Flag forward by having actually a local competition here actually. So they have like a, we could have a league per se, like um, it will host a game every month, every, not every month, every quarter, let's say, a quarter of the year, uh, to have like a little league where each session a team will go against another team, then in the end of the year we we'll submit the, all the points. And of course, competition, as it's a competition, there should be prizes. So I feel like, um, maybe I, for now, I'll leave it as a breaking, as a breaking rights competition, like, you know, um, the player who, the best team, uh, best quick flag team of the year would get a name on a little plate or maybe, maybe like a WWE belt, you know, as a bragging rights or like, it's basically like a title. So that's my plans for the local scene. Uh, however, for the overseas scene, um, I do know that, um, there is the thing called the Blaster Tech Association where, um, where there are currently four game types that are available on the website, like, uh, King of the Hill, Iron Rush, FDT Speedball, and of course, Quick Flag, um, there's, so from this, like, uh, website, you can tell that, oh, uh, there are, like, there is, a uh, prevalent, uh, I would say, in competitive nerf scene overseas. So probably, I feel that, um, the, like, a grand scale, or grand plan would be like, oh, let's say we could have, like, international competitions, uh, between different countries. Maybe not just for Quick Flag, but not, maybe this plan isn't catered just for Quick Flag, but it's more of, like, the international, international, uh, competitive nerf scene where we could all come together one, once a year, probably to have, like, a, a national or rather global international competition where the best team of each nation will play a uh, competitive game mode against the other team. So, I mean, that's a plan that I think uh, all the game uh, founders of different game, uh, competitive game uh, formats on Best Tech Association wants to have. So, I, I guess that's like a plan that I will have personally and so does every other game host out there. Yeah, I guess that's one of the advantages of having a shared rule set, right? Where everybody understands the rules is you can bring everybody together from around the world and everyone just knows how to play. So that would actually be really cool. I would love to see that happen. Well, at the actual Quick Flag events, what sort of blasters do people play with? I do see a lot of people playing with uh, long shots, calibans, a lot of springers per se, so long shots, calibans, um, some use, even use like, uh, cedars, uh, definitely a few, uh, SABs as well, and, uh, a lot of different springers rather, cause, uh, I do feel that players in Singapore do want the extra range, uh, using a springer, and also people here, I don't know how and why, but they really shoot their darts really fast, like spamming the blasters pretty fast, uh, so that's a way, or rather a meta that I would say, uh, how, how, uh, single players use springers here. But springers are not just that. Um, there are players who also use flywheels only. Like, um, there, there, I've seen a lot of strives, ravens, a few, um, I haven't seen any FDLs in Singapore 
uh, playing quick flag, but I do want to see them. I, I've heard many good things about the FDLs. And also, um, there is a special community member that I like to give a shout out to. His name is Ryan Mortality. I've seen him use a stampede, a modified stampede during the quick flag games. And oh, he's, uh, I'll say one of a kind. He really dedicates his work into, uh, making the stampede shoot pretty up to par, I say, to his standards and then running it during the quick flag games. I'll say that's a pretty amazing thing so far I've seen. Yeah. So that leads right into my next question. Uh, I'm wondering, like, what sort of modifications do people make to their blasters to play in quick flag i'll start with like the hasbro shell or the nerf shell blasters first so for long shots i've seen many people rocking the uh omega kit from jet the artifact i personally run the uh artifact hunter kit and uh mostly i'll see i'll say that everyone that use uh or rather a blaster toy shell would most likely be running either a, a full metal i'll say a full metal breach system um, and then definitely running katanas and talents because everyone likes to reload pretty quick using the magazines then the next point would be the 3d printed blasters the 3d printed springers so i would say these do not really have modifications because they are modified to begin with so yes of course pabs sabs caliburns that's what i've seen in the last Quick session, and then uh, for flywheels, the shell flywheels to begin with, um, there are the of course the uh, I personally run a nerf strife, the nerf strife with uh, new hellcats uh, with OFP cage, and so these are like the little um, I'll say the entry level of uh, nerf flywheel blasters. There are also the um, I forgot what the brushless yes the brushless flywheel blasters as well. That I have a teammate using a brushless. If I'm not wrong, a strife in a swordfish kit. Uh, pretty amazing stuff. That, that thing shoots pretty hard. <laughs> then, uh, sadly, I've not seen any FDLs. However, I do want to see them. Then, of course, the stampede. Um, the stampede is a bit different because, uh, Ryan, he's been trying to perfect his stampede for like, uh, about a year or two now. Uh, it's a brass reach system. So that's what the different modifications or rather the different systems that people are running in their blasters. But uh, that's not all because you see, Quick Flight is a game mode where it's, I wouldn't say it's fast paced, but it's pretty intense. Uh, players would usually have this adrenaline rush in them while playing. So, uh, to make their blasters perform up to standard or up to par during quick flag, everyone would want to ensure that, oh, uh, their blasters do not jam. Uh, magazines sit properly in the magazine, uh, in the blaster, sorry. And, uh, of course, like, you know, being as competitive as possible and being, also means that every shot has to count. So everyone will run a scar barrel and, of course, try to zero in their sights, uh, their optics, if they are using optics with drink flag. All these little, like, um, minor, I would say minor modifications to, like, m- ensure that their blaster runs up to par, do not, does not fail on them and make sure that it does not jam at all. So I guess, um, all these combined is what people are modifying to their blasters just for quick play. Wow, well, you definitely have quite the variety there of the different blaster types being used and things that people are doing to them. And recently, just in the last few years, we've seen a huge surge in the amount of access to 3D printers. What sort of effect has that had on Quick Flag? 3 printers, uh, 3 printer blasters, I'll say. It's been a very uh, up-and-coming uh, thing so far in local scene as well, where players are creating uh, Calibans, SABs, PEPs. And I do feel that it makes it easier for 
uh, newer players, like the non-NIC uh, players to start joining into the hobby and playing more um, NIC style games and eventually joining uh, joining us in Quick Flag. So I feel that having having this increase in 3D, uh, increased access in 3D printing has made it easier for our players to get blasters and then join the Quick Flag scene. But also, it does give an option like, you know, because Quick Flag, everyone wants to create a very, a blaster that suits them and you, they can use very well during Quick Flag. Because we do see that Calibans are rather long, right? Because uh, that's how Captain Slack made them. They're rather long. Quick Flag, uh, I would say that the obstacles that players hide behind are rather small. So maybe players or rather um, people that have access to tributing, they could slowly modify the files to make them slightly smaller, maybe more compact, make their blasters much lighter. So I, I do feel that uh, having this increased access in tributing has like sort of way like helped uh, players make the blaster that they want. And then uh, and they can incorporate that to Quick Flag where everyone wants their blaster to be perfect to just to them. And perfect uh, perfect enough to play during Quick Flag where it doesn't jam, light enough to run around, all these little uh, little bits. And also, uh, we'll, not, we'll never forget, 3 printing also helps to in modifying blasters, I would say. So if, let's say, back in a few years ago, there uh, Tributing, there wasn't any full metal kits that are readily accessible or rather say inexpensive. So uh, tributed modification kits, I know there were a few last time. I even used um, one or two last time back in a few years ago. They've made it easier for players to modify the blasters to shoot Stephens or maybe even exclusively exclusively Stephens. So it does help players join into the NIC, then of, the, of course into Quick Flag. And uh, I feel that over the years, um, back so let's say like a rough gauge. So back in 2016, uh, before Hack was formed, there was like about I would say there's about 20 active players, uh, active players in the nerf scene. Then slowly it has grown up to about I think about a good number would be about 80 right now in Singapore. So that's how I feel that that's how because of uh, trip ending the community has grew much bigger and also more players are coming and playing quick flight. That's awesome. Well, it definitely sounds like the 3D printing has made it possible not only to add more people to the hobby, but also to bring in more players to Quick Flag, which is really exciting. Well, I'm sure that uh, people are definitely going to want to check out Quick Flag and Hack.exe and you on uh, social media. So really quickly, can you run down the list of the different accounts that people should go and check out? For Quick Flag, your Quick Flag can be found in on Facebook, as our, on our Facebook page. Uh, just search Quick Flag in a search bar. And uh, for the rule set for Quick Flag, it can be found on the Facebook page as well as on the Blaster Tech Association, um, Blaster Tech Association website, where I regularly update the rules on here, then linked it to uh, the Facebook page. So for my team, uh, Hack.exe, it can be found on Facebook as well. We are on Facebook. Uh, just search Hack Hack.exe, and also on Instagram at the official hack.exe. Uh, as for my personal in- Instagram account, it is hack.mintu.2121. So you can find me on uh, my social media accounts there. And definitely, if you're interested in like, playing Quick Flag or talking more about Quick Flag, you can uh, contact me there. Awesome. Well, Lewis, it has been great getting to learn more about you and about your team and about Quick Flag. Before I let you go, I've got that one final question that I ask all my interview guests at the end of an interview. And that is, what is your favorite blaster? Ooh, that's a pretty tough question, I'd say. Because <laughs> uh, I do love my long shot. It's, it's the, my attack fact hunter cape long shot. I've been playing with it for about uh, four years now. It's been uh, my main go-to for the last four years. But I have my... Uh, Strife as well, which I, I use it for quick flag. I love it too. So these are my two blasters that are, that are my favorites right now. Awesome. Lewis, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Ben. 
All right, everybody, if you want to hear the pre- and post-interview conversation I had with Louis Mineo, Patreon supporters have access right now to the uncut War Room audio that's almost 45 minutes long. Thanks to SM Enterprises and Flux Sunglasses for sponsoring this episode. Please support the podcast by supporting my sponsors. You can find a complete listing of all my sponsors at phonecastradio.com slash sponsors. Thanks to Louis Mineo for being my guest this week, and thanks to my supporters on Patreon. If you liked this episode, please consider becoming a supporter on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Rewards include shoutouts, suggesting questions for upcoming guests, automatic entry in every counterintelligence contest, and more. You can sign up and directly support future episodes of the podcast at patreon.com slash foamcastradio. And finally, thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the battlefield. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to make sure you won't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so it's easy to follow us and share this episode with your friends. You can also find us at foamcastradio.com. We can view the show notes, order merch, and more. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of Foamcast Radio.